something happening here But what it is ain't exactly clear There's a man with a gun over there Telling me I got to beware I think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down I'm C.J. Layton coming to you from inside the Phantom Radio Studio Home of the premier radio bowling talk show PBA Hall of Famer Len Nicholson was instrumental in developing the PBA Lane Maintenance Program in 1971, which is still referred to today. He was a founding member of the Bowling Foundation, which was created to finding solutions to scoring issues in bowling. He was also a recipient of the Bowling Industry's Flowers for the Living Award and the John Davis Award in recognition for his contributions to this great sport. And with over 1,200 shows spanning 21 years, this may be the longest-running podcast in human history. So, Phantom fans, let's welcome our host, Len Nicholson, the Phantom. Well, thank you, CJ. And a reminder that Phantom Radio is presented by the Cagle Company, the number one lane maintenance company in the world. For all of your lane maintenance needs, including 24-hour technical support, you can always rely on the Kegel Company. So go to kegel.net. Well, Phantom fans, this week we have yet another very special guest to talk to as we continue to interview who's who in the world of bowling in each and every area of our great sport. And our guest this week is a man that I met over 40 years ago when he produced a bowling magazine TV show with PBA bowlers and ABC champion, Lou Scalia. And this fellow basically cut his teeth on a bowling ball because he started bowling basically at four years old. And by the age of seven, his father's friend built a bowling lane in his basement and it occupied our guest's time for many, many years. And even though the lane was only 40 feet long, he learned the basic fundamentals, how to set pins, and how to keep score. And he fell in love with the sport and played on the University of Florida varsity for two years. He majored in broadcasting and still loves bowling. So let's get him out here and find out more about Bob Gaysmore. Hello, Bob, and welcome to Phantom Radio. Thank you, Lenny. It's a pleasure to be with you. We have known each other on and off for, oh, God, a long, long time. Time flies, and I couldn't believe it. We hooked up again on the telephone, and I looked it up, and it has been over 40 years. Unbelievable, but I kind of followed you off and on a little bit. Uh, I know that you announced the year of single-A baseball, and, and you did some radio work for the PGA Tour, uh, but tell us how you got together with PBA Masters champion Lou Scalia back in the day. Well, it's a good one. It's a good one because I had known Lou. Lou had such a fantastic following in South Florida, and I had moved to South Florida in the late 60s, early 70s, and came back after college. And Lou owned this fantastic pro shop and he did a little weekly 
That's with two E's. <laughs> Television show. And locally, I felt like it should have been on a national scale. And being a broadcaster, and I was actually out of broadcasting for a little while, and I wanted to get back in. And I had known Lou a little bit. He drilled some equipment for me over four or five different years. I called him up, and we got together. And to tell you the truth, Lenny, it took three years to get on the air. It really did. It took a long time to figure it out, get sponsors, put together a network, come up with the packaging that felt would work on a national, on a national scale. And so, and the thing is, Lou and I, our personalities were like two peas in a pod. We got along famously from the very beginning. And there's a lot of ways, you, you know, you can have a lot of disagreements. And we did on how to do things and this and that and the other. But we never let it interfere with our ultimate goal, which was to put the best bowling magazine-style television show on the air, period. Wow. I got to tell you, Pards, um, it even crops up now and then again on Facebook. In fact, I've seen it, uh, the one that I was on, I've seen it about three times in the last year. Uh, it was a very impressive video series that you guys did. And, and what did you call that show and how long was it on? It was called The Tenth Frame. I, I like I named it that because I you know obviously the tenth frame is the most important frame in the game. Uh, we were on for one entire decade, 1990 to, to 1999. Uh, we kind of the network kind of blew up on us. We were we were a vendor program for for most of the um, regional sports networks around America: L.A., San Francisco, Chicago. New York, Dallas, all of them. And they loved the show, but the the um, parent company of those regionals decided to do away with vendor programming and create their own programming. And it, it was the precursor of the Fox Sports Network. So what happened was uh, over a period of time, we lost all of our stations. And when the contracts ran out, when they couldn't renew them. They, it's not that they didn't want to, they had no choice. So you may have a great show, but if you're not on the air, it's you're, it's, you're out of business. And that's what eventually happened. But we did a lot of TV shows. We, we did 26 episodes every year. And then what, what we did is we, we did what they call spin them. And we, we aired 26 January through June and then flipped the series july through december and the reason we did all that is they were not timely in the sense that we didn't talk about upcoming events on the pba tour we did stuff that was not timed so interviews and 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 all sorts of of uh, feature stories they they don't have a time factor so that's how we run the air every week for 10 years Unbelievable. You know, um, I've told you before, we're not going to be able to finish everything we want to talk about on one show. So I'm going to have you on several times uh, for many reasons. You got a great voice. You got a lot of knowledge. You got experience. 
Uh, you've got some, I'm sure, something that our fans, our listeners really love. You've worked with the pros for that long. Uh, I know you've got a lot of stories because that's one thing our listeners love. The two things they want to hear most are instructional tips and stories about the tour. So, as I mentioned, our, li our listeners love those stories. I'm sure you got a few. Can you give us at least one right now, a quick one? I'm happy to do that. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm prepared to give you two today, but if we don't have time, it'll be one. So but what we did is we had a segment on the show called Tales of the Tour, Glenn, yeah. and we would ask the players, if you can give us something, it's got to be a clean story uh, about something unusual, something crazy, something weird that happened to you on the tour. And most of the guys had, had a story, not everybody, but Walter Ray Williams had a doozy. And here it is. Walter Ray and his, at that point, his fiance, Paige Pennington, were traveling the country, stop to stop via motorhome, which a lot of guys did. As the story goes, Paige is driving now, and Walter Ray is in the back of the motorhome, fast asleep, taking a, taking a snooze. She stops to get gas and, and go to the ladies' room. And unbeknownst to her, Walter Ray gets out of the motorhome and goes also to the men's room, okay? And then probably to the, to the uh, snack bar or whatever inside the, uh, the, the gas station. She comes back, filled, the tank is filled. She gets in the, in the, the, the uh, motorhome and drives off and doesn't know Walter Ray is not in there. Okay? So yeah. now, this is, this is, Len, this is before cell phones. So Walter Ray is, is low-key personality. He's not that worried. Well, she'll realize in a couple minutes I'm not there, blah, blah, blah. Well, that didn't happen. She drove 100 miles and... and he called ahead on the turnpike, and the turnpike guy was ready for her. And the turnpike guy says to her, are you missing something, ma'am? <laughs> no, I, I don't think so. Are you missing someone? And she turns around and she goes, Walter Ray, and I wasn't there. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So she had to turn around, drive back a hundred miles, and and she's worried that he's going to break off their relationship. And he said he took it. He just sat there, read a book or something for a couple hours. But that's a good one, isn't it? And it it only cost them like five hours, you know. And, and they made the. Can you imagine how bad she felt? Oh my gosh, my fiance. I'm driving him to the bowling tournament, and he's not in the vehicle. Great. <laughs> you, you know, I, I can vouch for that story being true because I heard it from both of them, and it's a oh. true story, hard to believe. The truth is stranger than fiction. But, yeah, I love that story. <laughs> I'm, glad, good... I'm glad we told it on the air so all of our fans can hear it because a lot of weird things happens on the road. But, 
a lot of weird things. Now, do you have time for one more or not? Well, here's what I want to do. I want to give okay. you a moment or two to rest your voice because oh. I want to talk a little bit about my junior bowling club, and then I'll have you back, and we'll have one more story, and then we'll have you close the show, all right? Perfect. All right, my friend. So I want to take a few minutes to talk about our new project, which is called the Phantom Radio Junior Bowlers Club. And we started this club on March 15th. We have a four-member staff of all volunteers that have a passion for our great sport. And we've got Brian Hirsch. He's a younger guy that knows all the kids. We have Sam Villarreal. He's one of the greatest caricature guys in the world. Uh, you can see his work on Facebook all the time. We have Dave Kowalski. He was just inducted into the Coaches Ball Hall of Fame up in Michigan. He's a bowling nut himself. And uh, we want to tell everybody that this club is just a membership club. There's no tournaments involved. All we want to do is pass some information along to the kids. They like to have knowledge and want information. Uh, if they just sign up, uh, they get prizes from us. We've got bag tags. We've got towels. We've got all kind of stuff that, that they would really cherish. Uh, our caricature guy, he made us a beautiful logo that is on everything that we have. And all these people have to do, if they're under 18, is contact us, and we'll send them a prize. And the other thing that they love is if they contact me and they say, I've been listening to your show, all they got to do is let us know that they're out there alive and well, and we'll send them a prize. So what we're trying to do is give them some exposure. Who knows? One of these days we'll hit up on a big sponsor. We'll be able to pass some big money along these kids, even though they're young, they can take that money and use it toward their college education if it's invested in a smart fund, which is run by the USBC. And if they're under 18, they can join. They can sign up on our Facebook page, which is called Phantom Radio Show. Just go there on Facebook. You see how to join. and You find out all kind of information. As I mentioned, we give away bag tags and stickers and towels and all kind of stuff, all free. We just want to publish, publicize the juniors. After all, they are our future, and it's a members club. They just send us a note, they get a prize. And they can send it to me if they want, Save Our Sport. That's the abbreviation, my email address, or text message is S-A-V-R-S-P-R-T at yahoo.com. So join now. And also, uh, we're going to pick at least once a month a, a junior member to come on the show with me and their parents. And we'll talk bowling to the kids individually. So it's going to be a hands-on deal. We want to publicize the kids, give them more exposure. And I could talk for an hour about it, but I want to get you back because I want to hear another one of your good stories. As I said, our sponsor, our people love to have uh, hear the stories about the tour players and and anything to do with pro bowling because many of these kids are looking forward to someday becoming a pro. So let's hopefully that we can pass along enough information that uh, they'll know how to do that when the time comes. So. 
Bob, as I mentioned. Yes, sir. I I just want to before I tell you my my quick other story, Len. I want to make a statement about junior bowling. It, it's a long time ago for you and me, but I absolutely adored my Saturday mornings bowling. I I look forward to that. You have no idea. Maybe you do. I look forward to that with such anticipation. I still remember all of the, you know, the good stuff and the bad stuff that happened. The, the, um, it was just an experience of enormous pleasure for me, honestly. And I, I, you know, I'll, we'll talk another time about some of my experiences, good, bad, and ugly, but I, I just can't tell kids what a great thrill it is to be able to bowl with your friends on a Saturday morning, competing and just having fun. You know, Bob, I'm sure glad you said that because uh, we don't script anything on this show. You have no idea what I'm going to ask you. I have no idea what you're going to say. But a lot of times, especially when you get old and people say, hey, what do you remember about the good old days? You know, well, it always starts with bowling on Saturday morning when I was a kid, 14 years yeah. old, whatever. And then the next thing was my senior year in high school. You know, and you jump across uh, timelines, but it always starts with junior bowling. So uh, I agree with you 100 percent. All right. Give us that second. Give I started when I was seven, but we'll talk another time. Okay, so in the leagues. <laughs> so here's my other story. We're in Homestead, Florida, at Paula Carter's Bowling Center. She had a bowling – the PBA had a, had a winter tour stop. Yeah. And Paula Carter had the biggest heart on of anyone I've ever known on earth for – especially for people – young people who were a little bit slow, okay? Okay. And she had a shoeshine person, a young man, at her bowling center in Homestead, Florida. And right before the TV show, all of us are kind of hanging around, Chris Jankel and Nelson Burton Jr. and Lou and I and a couple other people, and we're all getting a shoeshine from this wonderful young man and i think it whatever the cost of the shoe shine i have no idea i gave him you know a tip maybe two or three dollars something like that and last but not least was chris jenkel and it's a quarter of three they're going on the air no big deal everyone's relaxed he does the young man does the shoe shine len and after the shoe shine chris takes out a twenty dollar bill <laughs> as the tip as the tip and then he says to the young man, that was the greatest shoe shine I have ever had in my life. Oh, wow. And Chris Shankle's heart was as big as gold, too. Now, remember, he's going on the air in 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, okay. So he's got to concentrate on that at the same time. This young man beamed from ear to ear for the rest of the day, I'm sure. Mr. Shankle told me I gave him the greatest shoe shine. And so the story is, you know, a little kindness goes a long way. He was a prince, uh, and you're right about his generosity. Um, you know, he was, unfortunately, he smoked a lot. And before he'd go on the show, he'd have to have a brand new pack because an hour and a half, sometimes you'd, you know, take two puffs and put it down. But 
uh, he had the girl, a production assistant from the bowling center that we were at. Yeah. He, said, he says, I need you to go get me a pack of cigarettes. And he gave her a hundred dollar bill. And she, he, she says, anything else? He goes, yeah, give me some hairspray because I want to get my hair. Okay. So she went to the store. She got him a, pa a pack of smokes, some hairspray, and she's handing him the change. And he goes, ah, keep it. You need it more than I do, you know. And yeah. she didn't. She, I saw her the following year. She still had it in a bag. The change. She says, "I'm never going to spend it." So isn't that it? He had an effect. If you, you know, Chris made eye contact with everybody. Oh man, um, he did. You know what I'm talking about? He had a big, loving heart, and the bowlers knew it. And and he didn't need to do pro bowlers tour. You no. know, he was doing pretty. Pro bowlers needed more than needed him more, but in the end, it it came right back to him a million times over. Well, I'll tell you, you know, like, he couldn't stop smoking. No, he, he I couldn't, know. and that's really what got him at the end. But anyway, but one thing I just wanted to say uh, about yeah. those days uh, back then was uh, he was such a prince. Uh, it was uh, unreal how cool he was. I was fortunate to be on a tour out there working with those guys for 20 years, and I knew each and every one of them uh, on a first-name basis. But in my office here, I got one picture on the wall. It's me with Chris Shakel. I just I treasure that picture. As a matter of fact, it fell off the wall one day, and the glass broke, and it's got a big crack in it. I didn't want to take it down and get it done again in case they lost it. So this this got some character to it. So. Hi, Chris. We're, we're talking about but, you. <laughs> but, oh, man. But, uh, he, yeah, he couldn't stop smoking. That eventually emphysema got him. But, you know, um, the little things like that yep. that meant, you know, he knew the money was interesting to the person he gave it to, and it wasn't interesting to him. He yeah. didn't, you know, he knew that that was more important to pass that along. And and then the love that he felt for the bowlers and how he knew they were fighting for a living, you know what it was. I mean, I'm I'm not telling you anything and your audience really, but because guys didn't make a lot of money back then, they were it was rough for for a lot of those men on the tour. Yes, it was. You know, and you mentioned Homestead. Um, I was down there for the tournament that they did the I did the lanes for, and I'll I tell bet. you. You talk about Checkerboard Square because they built that place back up because it got hit by a, a hurricane. Remember that? Well, I was going to mention that in 1992, it got, and I was I lived here, got completely destroyed, yep. and and they saved lives by people sheltering in the bowling center. Uh, Len, you may not know that. Yeah, I do. I, I got pictures of all that. Yeah. And then, and then Paula and Don, you know, they didn't have to do that, but they did it. They rebuilt yep. and became bigger, better, and stronger. And, you know, we could talk, oh God, forget it. We, you and I could talk for hours, but Paula, <laughs> and I'll, there's a story I'll tell you about Paula, but we'll hold on till another time All right. about her because she, her heart was bigger than her, than her chest. She just had a, has the biggest heart and cared about people who were less fortunate than she was and and 
she didn't have any boundaries. And and I try to live like that too. Yeah, she was fantastic. I still stay in touch with her. But I oh, look at your clock on the wall, my friend. And as I mentioned, I know we're going to run out of time, which we're going to do many times. I'm going to have you back many times. But I know you're a man of uh, wisdom and knowledge. I'm saving the last minute for you to give us a closing shot. So I want you to bid farewell to our, our listeners this time. And we're going to have you back again soon. So you stay close to the phone. What can you tell our listeners? Well, Lenny, thanks. Just thanks for the privilege of being on with you and how your heart is big and you care about bowling through all of the trials and tribulations that you have gone through to, you know, to, to go through lane maintenance and, and do what you've done and stay in touch with the bowlers, with the bowlers. But I, I'm going to reemphasize, I think about my junior bowling days more than I probably should. I don't even know why. It was so much fun. Even when I lost, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I bowled in the, in the 1966 American Bowling Congress. I couldn't keep the ball on the lane because they just opened them. Oh, that's for another time. I'll talk about that. <laughs> the American Bowling Congress tournament in a, in a, in a, uh, in arena with 3,000 seats. Are you kidding? <laughs> Nobody's yeah. watching me. My mom and dad. <laughs> it was great being with you, Len. We'll do it whenever whenever we can do it again. It's terrific. All right, Bob. It's a pleasure having you on. And as I said, I'm going to have you on again many times. So it's the fastest show in all of sports. I tell you, I can't believe how quickly the time flies. But I do appreciate you being on with us and giving us all the information you did, a couple of good stories. And uh I enjoyed talking with you, and I want to thank you again for taking the time to be here. I want to thank our sponsors, Storm Bowling and Brad Edelman from the High Roller, and also Dave Kowalski from the Michigan State Hall of Fame. He was a coach up there and did a wonderful job. So for Phantom Radio, this is the Phantom. When you're down and troubled and you need some loving care And nothing, well, nothing is going right Close your eyes and think of me And soon I